This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The other uh, player, I didn't get to uh, mention this when uh, Freddie called there before. He was talking about uh, John Collins. I'm not going to pretend that I'm sitting and and breaking down Atlanta Hawks video uh, night in and night out to know what – you know how much of a trade between uh, Collins? I think he mentioned uh, Mitchell Robinson. Collins a couple of years ago, I know, had like a twenty point ten rebound kind of season, and then he's never really been able to match that. And the Hawks have made some changes around there, and and his name has popped up quite a bit for the last couple of years in terms of trade talks, and he's not gone anywhere. So I'd be a little leery of. Uh, uh, of John Collins, but look, not not a ter- of all the trades that get mentioned on all the airwaves everywhere, it's not the most preposterous that I've ever heard. It's not the most preposterous. But Zion, if we're coming up with a list of potential superstars, and when Zion does play, he performs like a superstar. But one of the 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 the, the great things about superstars is you can count on them. And Zion Williams, nothing that Zion Williamson has done in his first four years in the NBA tells you that you can count on him. So if the Knicks are looking for names this offseason, Zion would not be one that I would be high on. Not at all. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Sam is in Brooklyn. Sam, next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, hello. What's up, Gordon? Hey, Sam. What's going on, pal? All right, listen, Gordon, listen, don't listen to any of these guys. Listen, let's get to the point. Tibbs is the best coach we've had. He's the best thing that happened to the Knicks in a long time. Second, Gordon, we need a shooter. My man, stop stop being around the bush. All these Knicks fans to relax. Julius Randle, some picks, get in contact with the Golden State Warriors, get me Klay Thompson. The Warriors are vulnerable. We need Klay Thompson. The Warriors got too many shooters. We need Clay Thompson. Uh, all right, Sam. Uh, I, I appreciate the phone call. I don't think that that's going to be the way the Knicks go. Um, you know, he's got that contract that uh, he just signed. What was that, 2020 that he signed it? He's been hurt a lot. Now, when he plays, he can he can still be valuable, but uh, his age and his long-term outlook does not really match with what, where the Knicks are at. You know, if you're going out and getting a 32, 33-year-old Clay Thompson, that's the type of thing that you you think of as the final piece to put you over the top. Uh, I don't think that the Knicks are a final piece over the top kind of team just yet. Uh, Sean is in New Jersey. Sean, next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing? I'm good, Sean. What's going on, pal? Good. I want to talk about the NFC East. I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. And I hear a lot of people picking them as the favorites. You know, for me, I think they're overrated. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. One, they got a new defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator. Two, they lost their best safety in free agency to the Raiders. They lost their best linebacker to, in free agency to the Bears. They lost their best defensive lineman in free agency to the 49ers. Replaced them with all rookies. What the the Jalen Carter pick, the first round pick, mentally with that whole fiasco uh, in which he was uh, part of an accident that killed a couple people. Mentally, we don't know if he's going to be there in the right place. So I think the NFC East is wide open. 
And secondly, the Sixers. Did you say you were an Eagles fan, Sean? I'm a huge Eagles fan, right. but I'm a rational Eagles fan. Okay. Right. And the Sixers and the Celtics, the difference, the, the Jason Tatum and Tobias Harris matchup was a difference in this series. We're paying this guy $40 million, okay, and he averaged what, like four points in this series. Pathetic. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Sean. Uh, yeah, look, uh, the, uh, the Sixers, there, there are windows of opportunity, right? There are windows of opportunity for teams and for franchises, and uh, I, I think it's pretty clear now at this point the the um, Sixers have got to shake things up. I would assume I'm kind of surprised it's not happened already <laughs> that uh, Doc Rivers is going to be gone as the head coach. Uh, I, I would have to think that they're going to shake up that roster some. I know James Harden is a free agent. Does not uh, I don't know did, did they bring him back? Uh, I think at this point, you just have to kind of break it up and, and, and try and build a better way around Embiid because what they've done so far, and, and to think when, when it was that they are landing all these first-round picks and, and, and trust the process, that it could be this disappointing, that they could have landed this flat for what the expectations were, which were clear, right? You, you land all these first-round picks with the idea of we are going to build a juggernaut. We are going to build a super team. We're going to have young players and draft young players. We got all these first-round picks, and and we're going to be we're going to be the team that everybody else role, uh, models themselves after, and so much so that the NBA has tried to do everything they can so nobody would follow that blueprint of the 76ers, but the best way to avoid following the blueprint of the 76ers is just show you what the 76ers have done, which is absolutely nothing. And despite all those first-round picks, if they could scout nearly as well as they could uh, hypothesize about the the, ro- the blueprint to a championship-level team, maybe they would have gotten further than the second round of the playoffs. Just a, a, a team and a franchise that uh, – it's kind of hard to, to screw it up as much as they've done. You know, they've had all those first-round picks, and, and, and really, what do they have to show for it outside of Embiid? Nothing. And, and a roster that they could have built it any way they wanted to. All these assets. And, and who knows, maybe if they had allowed Sam Henke to, to uh, hang around longer than he did, they kind of changed ships in the middle of the, of the, of the race. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point the 76ers have to kind of go, bla- go back to the, uh, the drawing board and uh, figure out a new plan because this one simply has not worked. So, look, Nick fans, as painful as it's been the last decade or so, yeah, the, the, at least it, it's not like that. That you throw away season after season after season with the promise that, you know what, eventually when we get good, we're going to be really good. We're going to be competing for titles. And who knows? Maybe th- the luck this certainly did not go their way. The the Kawhi Leonard shot clearly was one that uh, did them in one year. But this year, that was about as obvious a result uh, before a game that you could possibly have. A game seven against the Celtics after the, after the game six went the way it did. I don't think that there was anybody anywhere who had any confidence at all with the Sixers yesterday. And look at that. You know, there's always those times after games where teams will come out and say, hey, nobody believed in us, and we proved you wrong. The Sixers should be forced to say, nobody believed in us. And you know what? You guys were absolutely right. You nailed it. Nailed it to a T. We were unreliable. 
and we we uh, we did not show up just as as everybody expected. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend? Gordon, correct me if I'm wrong. The Philly Boston series was the only seven game series in the NBA, wasn't it? Right. Yep. Wow, that's that's surprising, huh? Well, I mean the um, the um, Warriors were not able to win Game Six. Knicks were not able to win Game Six. So, yeah, even in the first round, there were no there were no uh, seven game series. Well, oh, Warriors Kings went seven. Oh, that went seven. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay, so that was okay. Yeah, but I was still, say, yeah. I, I mean, only two. That's not a lot. No, yeah, but not too far below the average. You know, one good thing, satisfaction I had. Kyrie didn't get in. KD went out, and Harden went out. So I speak for all the Brooklyn fans, and boy, there's no other karma that we can say that those three guys, what they suffered. So that's good. I'd love to see, especially KD, because uh, the Nets really bent over for the for the oh, all three yep. of them, really. Yep. And they real they really screwed, they screwed the Nets. Them. Yeah. No. I, I really, guess. and uh, that was good to see. And then KD, who knows? He might have had something to do with the. Uh, Poor Monty Williams getting fired. Imagine that. This guy went through Kenny Atkinson, then Steve Nash, and now Monty Williams. You couldn't get three nicer guys, although Nash didn't deserve it, didn't deserve to be a coach, but three nicer guys and those three guys, Atkinson, Nash, and uh, Monty Williams, for those three guys to go down like that, boy, that was good to see. Uh, You know, Gordon, I just think how much New York City and the Garden – and what it could have been if there was a game tonight. How much we lost the oh, city. Absolutely. Oh, can you imagine the money yeah. if the Knicks would have won? Well, not even game the money, just the just the scene, right? Coming oh, back from game 3-1 six. to tie up the series, a win in Miami. Oh, all weekend. That's all we would have been talking about. Tonight would have been crazy if they would have won tonight. Mm-hmm. And just think of all too. the money that yeah. would have been ge- generated. Jesus, the city. Eric Adams could have given money to all the immigrants, to the migrants. And uh, free bus rides for at least a year in New York. They wouldn't have to win. All the money that would have been generated with the Knicks winning another couple of games, boy, especially tonight if they would have won game seven. They would have the stage all to themselves as well, right? I mean, and and James Dolan would have made a few money in his coffers. So it would have been good, but it wasn't meant to be. You know, Gordon, as funny as this is going to sound, I didn't mind that they lost game six because it was a good game. It really brought me back to those old Knicks Celtic games in the early 70s when they played. You know, it was a tight game. I thought they were going to pull it out when they broke it down to two points at the final. You know, in the final, what, two minutes when Brunson drove in, you know, threw the ball away. I'll tell you, I got to give Miami credit. They knew how to defend him, and they made the right defensive play at the end of the game because he did try to create something, but. Miami had that was old-fashioned defense, by the way. That's the way defense used to be played in the NBA: the double team and the help on the weak side to prevent the pass from going through. That was nice. That was nice what Miami did. But you know, of course, we lost the game, so it was sad. But it was a good, good game, great game. And good. You know what else is sad? In the six games they played against Miami, only three of them they showed up. If they were played game six the way they played all, you know, all six games, yeah, they would have sure. won the series. Would have won the series. And it's amazing when you think of game six. I think the five, the four starters, I think combined for something. I think they were six for thirty-two. Their shooting percentage, it was incredible. They were they were terrible. Or five for thirty-two. Robinson, Grimes, Barrett, and uh, and uh, Randall. 
So the fact that they were even that close in the game, it really was a testament to Tibbs. Now, if you want to get on Tibbs for anything, and I'll agree with any caller that says this, he should have played Rose and Fournier at the end oh. of the season. Especially the last three or four games, I think they, they lost two or three of them. I appreciate the phone. I mean, you can't. It's amazing. Gordon, we got to stop, man. We have to we stop. We got to stop. We got it. That's it. My that's it for the, the Knicks conversation. I can't. I can't. We can't go down the same road. I'm with it, you. It's almost like Knicks fans know how the story ends, so they're trying to shake things up in the in the story now, knowing the result. Well, you know, we know that they lost without playing these guys, so they should have played Fournier and Derrick Rose. There's a reason why they had success after they went to the short rotation because those guys were not giving them anything, especially not Fournier. Fournier is a, it was supposed to be a, a shooter from the outside, and he couldn't even handle that. His defense was atrocious. It's almost like Fournier has not played in so long that people have forgotten how bad Fournier was when he played. You can blame plenty of things on the Knicks for the way the series went. You can blame things on Julius Randle. You can blame things on Tibbs. You can blame things on RJ. You can blame things on the defense, the offense, the turnovers, the rebounds. The idea that the Knicks lost the series because they weren't playing Evan Fournier, that one, you're on your own. You're on your own. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up. Continue to take your phone calls. I don't know if we'll take any more on the Knicks. I think that might be the Knicks for the night. Uh, but let's get into some baseball. Yankees, big win tonight. So we got some issues there. And the Mets, what is going on with the New York Mets? We got to touch on that as well next. It is ESPN New York tonight. It is 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And I said this on Saturday. We take calls on shows all the time. Michael takes calls. Barton Hahn takes calls. Rick and Dave take calls. Every show takes calls. Dan took a bunch of calls tonight. Everybody takes calls day in, day out. And they're not all golden. They're not all golden points that are made. Sometimes they're a little out there. And, and sometimes those are entertaining. But the idea... There was not a single person, I feel confident, I don't listen to every single minute of every single show every single day, I know for a fact there was not a single person who called during the regular season when the Knicks were making their push to the five seed in the East who said, you know what, it's all good, well and good, but they really should be giving more minutes to Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose because they're going to need them in the playoffs. They're going, they're, a time is going to come where they need Evan Fournier to come in and provide some big minutes. Not a single person made that call. And you know what? That was the right call. Nobody should have made that call because that was idiotic. There was not a single call during the Cavalier series where somebody called up and said, you know what? I'm happy the Knicks won. I'm glad they won in five, but... If they had played Evan Fournier or Derrick Rose, it would have been a sweep. Guys, it's up to the players that play. There's a reason why Evan Fournier... Tom Thibodeau loves Derrick Rose like a son. 
Do you think if, if Derrick Rose had something to give him, Tom Thibodeau would be, nah, you know what? I don't want, I don't want it. I only want to win this way. Come on. There's plenty of criticisms that you can have of Tibbs, but that's not one of them. It, it's, it's, it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. I, I just can't do it anymore. I, I just can't do it anymore. The Knicks did not lose the series. I mean, I think of, well, you know what? The Knicks might have been able to win. Yeah, they had two games that they didn't show up in terms of effort that was necessary to win. They had a game six where nobody outside of the point guard could hit the broadside of a ball, could not throw it in the ocean. But the reason we lost was because we didn't play Derrick Rose or Evan Fournier. I mean, if, if that's what comes out, run it around with your inside voice first and, and see what your inside voice thinks of that statement before you use your outside voice and say it out loud because you sound insane. You sound absolutely ridiculous that, that the Knicks series would have been different if they had played Evan Fournier or Derrick Rose. Come on. Whew. Let's shift to the baseball, shall we? Yankees got a win tonight, beat the Blue Jays 7-4. So nice to see the offense, which it, it really, this is the way the Yankees have to win. Given with some of the names that they have in the lineup, if, if Aaron Judge could simply hit two home runs every single day, I think the Yankees would be in good shape. I think the criticism of the lineup is, uh, is, uh, is misplaced. The Yankees simply have to have Aaron Judge just hit home runs every single day, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Even a lineup like today that has like three or four minor leaguers in it, it's fine. As long as Aaron Judge, the, American League, the reigning American League MVP, hits two home runs a day, uh, we'll be good to go. And Alex Manoa, there's been so much praise for the pitch clock. He might be the guy who's been most impacted by the pitch clock. He was always one of those slower workers in, in baseball on the mound. And you take a look at his season this year. He has been absolutely dreadful. He was bad tonight. Walked seven guys. He has not been the same pitcher this year. Now, maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe it's just he's, he's having an off year. But, boy, that would be a heck of a, of a, of a coincidence the one year where the slowest worker is now being forced to pitch faster. Now, all of a sudden, he does not look like the same guy. And, and it looked like coming into this year, he was going to be one of the up-and-coming pitchers and, and maybe the ace for, for the Blue Jays staff. So good to see the Yankees be able to get a win. Hanging around, five games over 500. I still don't think that this is a very good team. Hopefully, at some point, they get to the point where Trades start happening, and the Yankees can actually add some pieces. I would like to say get healthy, but outside of Stanton, who's the piece that you want back? You think that all of a sudden getting Josh Donaldson back in the lineup is all of a sudden going to make a big difference offensively? I mean, the, the Yankees are starting guys who are not major league players. Amazing how quickly Aaron Hicks got healthy, though. Huh? Turn around fast. Miracle. It's a miracle. He's back in the lineup. It's also a miracle he got a hit tonight. One thing, and I know that Aaron Boone is one of these guys that is, is a lightning rod of criticism for, for fans everywhere. One thing that you'd have to say, you'd, you'd have to agree with Aaron Boone on. He got ejected tonight arguing a low strike for, for Aaron Judge. At some point, doesn't baseball have to fix this? The guy, it's not like he's just some random player in the league. He's the reigning American League MVP, and they still 
cannot call proper strikes on the guy. And you would think after years of them calling that low strike incorrectly, repeatedly incorrectly, that it would almost be the opposite. That, that, that it would almost be impossible to get a, a low strike, a pitch below his knees, outside of the zone, to get called a strike. You'd think that there'd be some course correction. But that's not been the case. In fact, they just keep calling it. And I, want, I, would, I would love to ask Aaron Boone. So after a night like tonight, where it's clear the pitch was low, and he argues it and he gets kicked out, and it happens, it happens fairly regularly, it must be absolutely maddening. Because it does happen so consistently. Does he ever go to the umpire the next day and say, did you see the pitch? Did you look at the pitch? Did you see that it was there? I always wonder that because more times than not, the players are right. They have a better judge of the strike zone than the umpires do. Nine times out of ten, if a hitter complains about a strike call, the hitter is almost always right. And if they get kicked out because baseball has this thing where they, they, <laughs> the umpires have to kick out the stars of the game that people paid to see for arguing something that they're right about. Do they, does the player ever come to the umpire the next day and say, did you see, did, you, you saw that I was right, right? You saw, did, did the umpires, ever, do you ever force the umpire to apologize the next day? Which they should. You know what? I blew that call. I'll, I'll try to do better next time. And maybe the next time the guy argues about a call, you realize, you know what? That one, I was probably wrong on that one too. I always wonder, does Aaron Boone, tomorrow when Aaron Boone goes to the ballpark, does he seek out that umpire and say, did you see that pitch? Because if the umpire says, no, I didn't bother. I, I would think that they have to do some sort of review after the game to see. You, you tossed an umpire out of the game. Don't you go and look and make sure, you know, I got, I got to make sure I'm right about that. There's thousands of times after a show I'll say something. I say, oh, was I right about that? And I'll go and search. Sometimes I'm wrong. Not often. But it has happened. And then I'll. I'll, I'll correct it the next time I'm on the air. Did the umpires ever do that? It feels like they should because baseball, more so than any other sport, guys get kicked out in all the sports. There's no sport where people get kicked out more regularly than baseball. On a, on a nightly basis, you will see people, and a lot of times, they're not wrong. They're actually right with what they're saying. But the umpires got to be the umpires. They got to they gotta make sure that people know who they are. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. John is in Brooklyn. John, next up on uh, ESPN New York tonight. Man. Hey, John, what's going on, man? I got to I got to agree with you. That I think what I what's going on with this Evan Fournier line of thought is if a local team gets eliminated on a Friday night, everybody's got a little bit too much time to think about what could have been I thought you were going to say they had a little bit too much something else. Yeah, well, that too. I mean, yeah, too much. And then you wake up on Monday and you have to come up with a theory. Anyway, what was Evan Fournier going to do? Hit three more threes than R.J. Barrett, uh, but also give up, what, 10 points being a turnstile at the other end of the court? What are we talking about? Right. Like, I mean, does, I, do people think that if, if uh, Spolstra saw Evan Fournier get into the game, he, oh, how do I attack this guy? How will I be able to exploit this guy who has not played since February? They, Gee, I wonder. They are. They already couldn't grab a tip a tip ball on any of those on any, any of those loose balls. I was losing my mind watching them not be able to grab it. Nobody's nobody's coming after the ball. What's Evan Fournier going to do? 
run down into the paint and take the ball away from Bam out of bio. Give me a break. What are we talking about? <laughs> no. Yeah. And you know, John, thanks for the phone call. People bring up Mitchell Robinson. It's like playing four on five on offense with, with Fortier. It's like you're playing four on five on defense. Like I always joke with Larry that the, the patch that they have for the, for the advertisement for Fournier, they should put it on the back of the Jersey because you see his back so often. Who is that guy that just got burned on defense? Oh, it says right there, Fortier, right on the back. You can see it, clear as day. I get it. Your team loses their stages of loss, and one of those stages is bargaining, right? You, you try to bargain. If, it, if only this had happened, it would be different. If only that had happened, it would be different. But you got to keep it within the realm of, of reality. If your take is... Not that Julius Randle has to be better or R.J. Barrett has to hit more than one shot out of his last 10 or somebody has to play better that actually plays for the team. If your take is it's got to be Evan Fournier, the guy who, again, has not played since Fe- literally has not played since February. I think you need to rethink things. And I get it. People, well, you got to do something different. Yeah, well, within reason. How about the thing that is different is you play better. The players play better. You figure out a way to get the guys who play on the team. Because the reason Evan Fortier is on the bench is because he wasn't good. He hasn't been good for two years. He's been here. We, we've seen him. It's not, this is not a short sample size. This is not – he just had a bad, a bad week, and, and, and he got to, to – Tibbs' doghouse. He's been terrible since the moment they signed him. But anywho, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Amir is in the car. Amir, next up on ESPN New York tonight. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? I got you, Amir. Hey, thanks for um, answering my call, man. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller on your show. I've been trying to call for for weeks since Aaron Rodgers even was talking about coming to the Jets. How New Yorkers really can't even appreciate nothing. Knicks fans are like out of their mind. Tim uh, Tibbs pretty much got the Knicks to the second round with nobody, basically just just um, Randall himself, and then he got hurt. Like we can't even give nobody a break. Remember what Jason Kidd said: "These guys are human beings. It's the ownership that really." got us in this situation and I did want to call and curse out um, James Dolan for how he handled the Knicks for over 50 years but now that I think 50, about he, it, no, he's not, I don't believe that James Dolan is oh I don't think he has owned them for 50 years well, he's, he's well, owned well, them for I maybe mean, 15 I mean however long James Dolan owned, <laughs> um, um, owned the Knicks he hasn't done anything to try to run after a championship, just 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 try to keep the fans entertained and buy tickets. I think the best thing that happened to Knicks fans is the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the Nets come into Brooklyn now they have a choice to to, to just be a New York fan. Period. Look at what happened this season. Like the 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 Rangers, the Islanders, the Knicks, the Nets. Now, I mean, this is what New York sports is all about. But now that I think about it, maybe New Yorkers don't even deserve it. I hate to bring politics into it. But no, we let's not go down. We're not going down. Amir, thanks for the phone. We're not going down that road. Um, here's the thing about uh, James Dolan owning the Knicks. It has not been a great time, but it's, I don't think it's from a lack of effort. To try. 
He has tried to find the right guy to run the team. He tried it with Isaiah. That was a failure. When he hired Phil Jackson, maybe people have short memories. When he hired Phil Jackson, people thought we got Phil Jackson. They gave him a standing ovation before he had done a single thing. Plenty of people, plenty of Nick fans thought, finally, we got the guy. We got Mr. 11 rings. We got Phil Jackson. He is going to run the Knicks now. We're going to run the triangle. And, and he did run it. He ran it right into the toilet. But it wasn't for a lack of, and it wasn't for a lack of paying. He try, he, he's, he's tried to go out and get the right people to hot, run the organization. And it has not worked. Now he has Leon Rose. And now they, they have some, some credibility. Now they, they're building something. And I think it, it shows you in the mindset that they have for this organization now. They came on board. They weren't going to take they weren't going to make the same mistakes a lot of previous regimes made of making big splashy moves. They were going to build something in terms of a foundation of winning. They brought in Tibbs when they brought him in right away, a guy who's got a resume, some actual success. They weren't going to swing for somebody who's never been a head coach before and they've looked to put the organization on some solid footing for a change and not this constant 20 wins, 30 wins, 25 wins. They've built something here. And that's what we all said. When that offseason happened and KD and Kyrie went to Brooklyn, everybody was in agreement. If you're going to get a free agent to come here, if you're going to get a big star to come here, you have to lay the foundation first. You can't expect them to come here and be the savior. And I think that that's what Leon Rose and, and company have done. So credit to, to Leon Rose and credit to James Stolen for hiring him. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Some football stuff with the Giants and Saquon Barkley and some Met talk next on ESPN New York tonight. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Oh, time to go around the ballparks on ESPN New York tonight. Yankees get a win tonight. Despite the lineup, they get the job done. Beat the uh, Blue Jays. Some anxious moments there a little bit late. Yanks have built up a 7-0 lead. Blue Jays with their lineup. Because they have, like, legitimate uh, American League or, or excuse me, a, a legitimate uh, Major League players in them, they have the ability to score runs in a hurry. Scored four times in the eighth inning, but the Yankees able to hold on, get the win, 7-4. So uh, now 24-19 and on the season. Now, I'm told that we do have answers with Aaron tonight. Do we have Answers the sound effect? with Aaron. Oh, there you go. Answers with Aaron. That's where I tried to uh, mind meld with the Yankee manager who uh, was actually uh, ejected from the game, arguing balls and strikes. So Harvey will be filling in for the uh, great Larry Hardesty by uh, letting me know what the slug is, as they say in the biz, what the topic of the cut is, and then I will try to give you the answer that I believe Aaron will give the media. That is right. So... As you know, Boom was ejected. But yes. the biggest story in my mind is that this Yankees offense is starting to break out now. Yeah, Willie run. Calhoun and Kyle Higashioka. And, of course, Aaron Judge. So, yep. Jake Bowers. Oh, 
Who can forget Jake Bowers? Who, who can forget? Now, with that, of course, Boone was asked about the offense breaking out, but we go to Gordon Aaron Damer for his thoughts. All right, so it's just a, the question is just about the offense breaking out. I think he'll uh, obviously point out uh, the impact of uh, Aaron Judge and, and getting some runs early. Judgey is starting to heat up. Really like the bats that I've seen out of a lot of guys. I'm sure he might even mention a little Willie Calhoun action as well. And how guys are grinding. Guys are, are battling. And that's what you need to get rolling. All right, Aaron. Answers with Aaron. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's been nice. Everyone's chipping in. Obviously, getting some guys back has been huge. But I feel like, again, games when we've had results, games when we haven't, um, I like where we are from preparedness, energy, focus. The way I say it, we're hooked up on the bench. And um, that's been good to see. Hooked up on the bench. Interesting. We went from savages in the box to being hooked up on the bench. Hooked up on the bench. I don't think those those T-shirt sales are going to be quite as brisk as savages in the box. Do we have any more from Aaron? Oh, sure. We'll play another one All of right. Answers with Aaron. Of course. That, was one, that one was not very good. I would have figured that he would have given some specific names. That's not his style. Well, let's try this one. He was, of course, asked about his ejection. So, what do you think, Gordon? What does he say about the ejection? Well, I would have to think that he's going to talk about the fact that this is an ongoing thing. That this is not just uh, a one-time thing, and, and it's to one of the biggest stars in the sport. So, I'm trying to think of, of how he'll, he'll go about that. Um, yeah, I, I would figure he's just going to hit on the fact that it's been something that, that keeps going on and is not... It's never been fixed, but I'm actually kind of interested. I don't know how he's going to go about this one, so let's hear uh, Aaron Boone. Obviously, I thought he missed that, but I was more fired up from the whole game. Like, I, I felt like, you know, it wasn't a, the whole game, and, and, and they were arguing over there, and I'm like, we're the ones that it was my feeling, and I didn't feel like I got that upset to warrant a throwout. That's why I got upset when he did throw me out. Um, I didn't feel like it was warranted, but, you know, it, it happened, so um, just glad we are able to hang on. Yeah, see, somebody's got to ask him, like, what do you do the next day? Do you go up to the umpire and say, did you see? You see you got it wrong? A lot of these umpires, they're very touchy. Very touchy. You can't say anything. They'll just just run you. And uh, baseball has no problem with that. All right, so there's answers with Aaron. I think that was an 0-for-2 performance. And uh, I would have to say, Harvey, I blame you. Wait, what, me? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're, the, you're the, uh, the, the difference. Usually Larry gives me the feed, and I, I hit home runs and doubles and strong performance tonight. That might be one of my worst performances in, with answers with Aaron. This could be one of two things, and it's very serious now. One of two things. Either one, without Larry, the show's off the rails. Or it's two, possible. without Larry, the show's a bit too big for you. It's po- also possible. Both of those things are very possible, but that doesn't change the fact that you feeding me the information and it completely falls apart. Do you so, think if we take a Derek Rose call, this will put you back in on the maybe, maybe people are still going to make them. Although, you know, what's funny. More people have focused on Fournier than Rose. Rose at least has some 
some some success in his career that would point, you know, the wily veteran, former MVP. People haven't gone to that. They've gone much more with the Evan Fournier, which is is also baffling. Is also baffling. All right, so then the Mets you have. Uh, we don't have any – I don't think Aaron has any answers on them, and it doesn't seem like anyone on the Mets has any answers either. At what point is the Heat going to get turned up on the Mets a little bit? They lose again to the Nationals today. Ten to three. It's not even like they're losing close games. They're getting run out of the building. They had 13 straight games against terrible teams. Teams that you would think, all right, this is where we get right. And instead, they got worse. They were four and nine against them. Today, Patrick Corbin, who's been a pinata for the last few years, that's a guy you're like, all right, for sure, we're gonna get we're gonna get right against him. No. Now they had a bunch of hits. And you know what's funny to me? When the Yankees and their offense doesn't click, and the Mets offense has not clicked so far this year for sure. It's always their blueprint, their formula is flawed. They're too reliant on the home run. They're too swing and miss. They're doing it wrong. Their plan is doomed to fail. That's what you'll hear when the Yankees aren't scoring runs. But the Yankee blueprint of relying on power, more so in years past than this year because of the stolen base and some things with with Volpe and trying to get some speed in the lineup, but that will always be what people fall to. The Yankee plan is flawed. It's doomed to fail. But their blueprint is much like most of the blueprints in baseball. Teams Teams try to hit home runs. Scoring is tough enough to come by that you have to get some easy ones every once in a while. The Mets, on the other hand, they have primarily one big power bat in their lineup, Pete Alonso. But when they're not scoring runs, it's never that their plan is doomed to fail. But I think there's more evidence of the Mets' plan being flawed than the Yankee plan being flawed. Because what you've seen so far this year, while the Mets have had problems pitching as well, they've had problems with injury, and they've had problems with the lineup. But at what point are we going to start to say, hey, you know what? you got to start to wake up. The Mets are under 500. they They've not won a series in, in a month. They've not won a series since that Dodger series. And people have pointed out, well, the Mets are not playing well. But it never seems to be nearly. If the Yankees today had just lost nine of 13 games against terrible teams, the station, the media, the fans would be melting down. And with the Mets, it's like, nah, it's not great, but there's still plenty of time. They can turn it around. Could you imagine the intensity of people and Aaron Boone if that had been the case? But yet with Buck Showalter, they'll turn it around. They got got time. It's only mid-May. They got plenty of time. And the hitting, that should be the easy fix. The problem for the Mets is if they continue to have the issues pitching, they're not going to be able to solve those ones through the trades or through the minor league system. So I do think that the Mets probably will turn things around, but sitting at 20 and uh, twenty up and 22 down on May 15th, that should be far more alarming than it seems to be. That's going to do it for us for tonight. We're done with the show already? You're right. I need Larry back in the worst way. I'm not used to running this clock on this ESPN New York tonight. I didn't even realize the show was already over. Already done for the night. 
Well, Harvey, thank you very much. Chantel, a fantastic job as always. I think that this is the last show for the week. Well, we have another break. Oh, okay. We got one more break. I thought the show was over. You put up the clock. Tell me the show was over. This has all gone off the rails ever since Answers Without. I blame Harvey. We'll be back next. ESPN New York Tonight.